This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. So what means always my buddy, my coach, my pal, the man with the plan, the guy who's ready for the green and white to take the field again. And this time, wipe the freaking field with the New England Patriots. You know who it is. My guy, John Malika. What up, John? How are you doing today? Oh, man. I don't know if I have all that confidence uh, going into the home opener, but I am hella excited for that game. I'll be there at the MetLife parking lot. Early in the morning, we have some nice weather on Sunday. I'm, I'm excited for Billy B uh, to go against uh, a rookie quarterback, but he's also sporting a rookie quarterback, man. It's going to be exciting, actually. It's going to be exciting at MetLife. It definitely is going to be exciting at MetLife. And we got a phenomenal guest with us today to get into the, you know, the, the famous New York-Boston rivalry, Jets versus Patriots. You know what it is. We got... Shukri writes on the podcast with us. He's a national sports radio broadcaster for Pacifica Radio Network. He's also a Boston radio sports personality for 91.5 WFMO, as well as 100.1 FM WBRS. He also is the host of Shukri Writes podcast, which you can find on iHeart and Odyssey. And he's also a writer for the Boston Bruins for the fan-sided network site, Causeway Crowd. Shu, how are you doing today, my man? (laughs) Thank you for having me on, Alex and, and John. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to be on the podcast. And I have to correct you, John. I hate to be the bad, bad news, but Belichick is also facing a rookie head coach in Robert Saleh. So with that yeah. being said, um, talk about getting the floor mopped. I mean, you, I mean, you talk about mopping trash in the middle of the middle of, of Meadowlands on Sunday. So I look forward to <laughs> scraping up scraps on Sunday as wow. the Patriots, they're going to be looking to get their first win against the Jets team whose yeah. who, offensive line is as choppy as the Hudson River uh, over at MetLife Stadium. So it's going to be a good game. Talking real oh, spicy man. coming off an Elta Tua. <laughs> Yo, keep that same energy. But listen, I blame, da- I blame Damian spicy. Harris for that loss. I mean, I, I, I'm not sorry, but he's not the only reason why the Patriots lost on Sunday. But I'm blaming him for that for that drive killing fumble that absolutely dashed any chance the Patriots could have had of taking a lead or yeah. even at worst tie in the game, but they were only down by one point. Only down by one point. All you had to do was just take care of the ball. But, but... Come on, man. That's all, that's all you had to do was take care of the ball? Yeah. Ramondre Stevenson, you can, you, can, you can catch this L. And as well as Damian Harrison, you can catch this L as well. But the defense in the first half did not, did not play well. And it's a game you have to win, especially when your rookie quarterback making his NFL regular season debut has to absolutely win that game. And he played well, but there were other issues. But as far as the Jets go, <sighs> I pray y'all don't ruin Zach Wilson as much as y'all y'all ruin um Mark Sanchez, but that's another story for another day. Yo, don't don't worry, don't worry about the Jets, man. You you have to sit. You're 0-1. You lost against Tua. You're already blaming running backs. 
You're already blaming random guys. Let's talk about your rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. All right. I know you want to skip over him, right? I wouldn't oh, no. want to, I would, I don't want to talk. I wouldn't want to talk about him either if I were you, but oh, no, I actually would out. actually because, because he looked, he looked a, lo- a lot better than, than Zach Wilson. That be, let's, be why you kiss. Let's, let's oh, you said, you said you want a hot take. So I'm, I'm giving you a hot take. So you, you want a hot, hotter than a bacon, egg and cheese in the morning, right? So, that, is so that that definitely is because like it's uh, wrong. So that's definitely a hot take. It's, right? it's, def- it's definitely not wrong when you consider <laughs> that you have Zach Wilson running for his freaking life. He had no offensive line against that Panthers pass rush that make, that make that look like the New York Giants pass rush of 2007. For God's sakes, I mean, I agree. Like, come the on, Govern looked tough, man. Our center uh, really got his butt handed to him, yeah. as well as uh, GVR, our right guard. It, it, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't pretty. The fact that the linebacker switched out numbers, but dude, you just can't get ruined like that. Mm-hmm. AVT, our left guard, he was able to, he, he had a couple of mistakes, but if you, if you watch the tape, I mean, he had some really, really, really good plays out there, but I'm not going to let you get away with this, man. I need you to talk about your quarterback, right? Your quarterback, your franchise guy, Mac Jones, right? I know you want to talk about Zach Wilson. If I were you, I would also want to talk about Zach Wilson. Wow, what up? But let's just keep it on, on, you know, McCorkle, your boy McCorkle over here, Mac Jones, the second coming of, of Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, what, what did you have to say about his week one, right? The kid from Alabama, Sabin, Belichick, it's perfect. Tell me about week one, man, the L Tatua. I was at the game on Sunday. So I, I saw everything live, live in color. And I really like what I saw from Mac Jones. First thing that I really liked was his poise. When he was being pressured, by the, by the Miami Dolphins pass, which is a really, it's a really good defense, by the way. This is no, you know, pushover. I mean, this is a guy, this is a, a defense that's, um, that's coached by a guy that was the defensive coordinator here in New England in 2018. And that was in Brian Flores. And even with whatever that they threw at Mac Jones, he was able to maintain his composure, which really was the most impressive thing of, of it all. And, I really, really like what I saw in terms of his ability to get the ball out quickly. You need to be able to do that and to be able to stand in the pocket. You know, and I've heard it throughout the entire summer. He, he's a lot like Tom Brady and so forth. I'm like, listen, Boston sports media, I, and I've lived in Boston now approaching five years. So I know this sports media market extremely well. Mm-hmm. Stop pumping his effing brakes. So early before you ruin this kid, let him be himself. But you're seeing the, the, the similarities because I get it. This New England region, this Boston market is so horny for another Tom Brady like <laughs> quarterback. Let's yep. be completely honest. He ain't but, walking through that door. He ain't walking through that door. I'm sorry to break it. To you. He's, he's not. And you can blame Belichick for that. But, but that's neither here or there. <laughs> but as far as Mac Jones is concerned, good old, good old Billy B. Oh yeah, good old Billy B and his ego. Let, 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 let me know how that worked last year when you when you had freaking Cam Newton seven and nine and all. Like you, you thought you thought he was gonna bring him back this year and think that that crap was gonna fly here? Heck no. But I digress. Back to Mac Jones though. Another thing that I really did like was his command at the line of scrimmage because when you watch rookie quarterbacks across the NFL, you could see which rookie quarterbacks. Have that poise, that, that calmness. They're not rattled with, they're not afraid to change the audible at the line of scrimmage when they see that the defense, they, they you see that, oh, Mike, Mike linebacker is over on the strong side. He might, he might be a guy that be dropping into coverage. Let me change the play call. Mac Jones had that poise. And my issue with Mac Jones 
from the game on Sunday was this. It was a, it was a minor one at that. Man, he had his first career touchdown pass to Nelson Algalore. He didn't want to take the touchdown ball. Now I get the whole thing about <laughs> wanting to be t- on team first and all of that is, is, is impressive and all, but can you please live in the moment? Cause you're not going to get that again. There's not going to be another first NFL touchdown that came in pass already in your first NFL regular season game. But all in all, I really thought that Mac Jones overall, he played a good game. He was not great, but he played a good game. Okay. Okay. See, on this side, we're actually happy with what Zach Wilson did against the Carolina Panthers because, sure, we can wipe, we can talk about the first half, which is ugly. You could have thought that Adam Gase was still coaching this head, this team. But guess what? Once he came out in the second half, 14 3 is what would happen against the Carolina Panthers. We were right in striking distance that if we got the onside ball back, I can, I had the, I had the faith that Zach Wilson would have marched down that field and showed Sam Darnold that he's a way better quarterback than him. We saw the poise from Zach Wilson, even with getting five guys in his face every single day, whether it was rolling out right, rolling out left, finding guys on the, on the move, getting an end zone touchdown. When he finds Corey Davis for a 35 yard bomb in the, oh, that was, a, the that was, be- that was a thing of beauty. Beautiful oh, yeah. toss. Mm-hmm. And then when he finds him again, he has the zip. He has the strength. He has the accuracy. He needs an offensive line. We know we don't have an offensive line, but it did get a little bit better once Mikai Becton. And the reason for that, Mikai Becton wasn't practicing the last two weeks. So once we move Font to the left side, things start to stabilize. Do we have the greatest offensive line? No, but I like the, I like the poise for having five guys in your face every single day, like every single down essentially for, for uh, Zach Wilson. So, you know, I'm confident that he's going to be a really good quarterback too. I think for a guy who has absolutely nothing like except for wide receivers, maybe okay running backs and no offensive line, he showed that he, Hey, I got game. So I'm happy with that. I th- and that's why I stand with what John says that we got, the best quarterback in this NFL draft. Well, yeah, well, I, I mean, I mean, we definitely have a couple of years to, you know, decide that. And yeah. we, 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 especially week one, based on your criteria, you know, with the poise, you know, Zach Wilson did get hit, you know, a total of six times. And one time by, in his words, it felt like he got hit by a truck and it looked like he got hit by a truck. <laughs> and he came out there and he was poised. And even mm. Corey Davis gave him props this week about that too. So I, we love that about him. And he came out second half. And absolutely killed it. We shut down Carolina in the second half. Don't don't get it twisted. I know it looked bad, you know, watching your red zone in the first half, right? 16-0. And then and then you saw that, you know, Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, the old guys from the Jets. It looks terrible, right? Six sacks. Like, everything looks awful. But we were right back in that game, and we shut them down. And they have the best offensive player in the league in C-Mac, and he absolutely tore us up. I don't think Carolina is that good. I think we made them look good in the first half, but that's neither here nor there. We're really here because, I mean, Mac Jones is not really going up against Zach Wilson. Mac Jones is going up against our defense, and Zach Wilson is going to go up against the Patriots defense. So let's really take it from there because that's really what I'm interested in. So let's talk about the Patriots defense, right? You, let's, let's stay on the lines. What did you think about your D-line, right? Because, I mean... The Patriots secondary is supposed to be the Patriots defense in general, right? That's supposed to be their strength. We know what's going on with Gilmore or not really, but we know something, you know, he's not there. Something's happening, but we always assume that your front seven is going to be top 10. Okay. I, I don't absolutely love, I don't really love the D line. I mean, you guys, you guys did great against Miami. Yes, but it's just Tua, right? I mean, I'm surprised that you guys lost that game in general. I, 
the last time you guys played him, you held him down to under 150 yards. You know, you didn't get really anything much. I was expecting that type of game, but the D-line doesn't look that stout. Like, what are your thoughts on just the first game, just from the Patriots' defense, but specifically, you know, their front seven? Well, my thoughts is, is that the defense didn't play horrible. They were good, but they gave up some real opportunistic plays to the Miami Dolphins' offense at times. In fact, the reality of the situation in terms of the Dolphins were they took advantage of opportunities that they were given by the Patriots' defense, especially in that first half, because it was the first half that you saw that Tua was able to move that ball down the field. He was able to make to make those key throws to Parker on the outside, and as well as be able to to uh, to be able to run the ball, you know, like at times and in key situations of during during that first half, and even at times in the second half. But the thing I look at when the Patriots uh, when the Patriots take the field defensively is the defensive line as you talked about. My biggest worry was going to be. How was Christian Barmore going to look in his first NFL regular season game? You're not going up against threes and fours. You're going up against ones, and there's a difference. There's a reason why I'm a big proponent of when you are playing in a, in a regular season game versus a preseason game, there's a difference. And it's not just only the calendar that we're talking about. You know you're going against the starters, the best of the best. How do you respond? Bormore at times looked like he, he was getting chewed up by the, by the Miami Dolphins run game. Yep. And that Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower, they had to make plays when needed to make or when the running back was able to get into that, into that second level. So by and large part, I think that the, the linebacking core is going to be fine. Matt Judon looked Terrific. Yeah. Absolutely loved him coming off the edge, coming off the line, be able to, uh, to, to make plays when he needs to make plays. And he's going to need to make those plays come Sunday. But I do wonder this though. If you're Belichick and you're looking at tape this week of the Jets, of, of this offense, I do wonder what is he going to be looking at the most? What is he going to be looking to exploit? Because all he has is one game of quote-unquote of film to look at in terms of Zach Wilson. So I feel like in, in some ways, although Robert Sala is a defensive-minded coach coming from the 49ers, you don't know what you're going to have or what you're going to get in terms of both defenses because they're, they're going to be facing a, a question mark in Mac Jones. Who is this guy? That in the Patriots defense, they're going to be facing a question mark in terms of Zach Wilson. What can he do? What are, what are some of his strengths? What are his weaknesses? And both defenses are going to be looking to exploit, uh, exploit the offense of, of, on both teams this upcoming Sunday. I agree with that 100%. And I think with that question mark, you know, and I'll, I'll go to Belichick, Belichick being good against rookies. He has a very good record against rookie uh, quarterback. So, you know, and Belichick is, we already know a Hall of Fame head coach once everything's said and done. It's no question but, about but that. But how many times has he had a rookie quarterback himself? Yeah, but I'm not, we're not talking about the overall team. We're just talking, we're just talking about defense yeah. right now. Yeah. How, we're just talking yeah. about the Patriots defense and how they were taken and how we, how I think the Jets would go at it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking at the Patriots side, the way that if, cause Belichick's whole thing is we're going to take out the top guy of that team, regardless of the quarterback, wide receiver, running back, 
we got to shut them down and make them work with what they got. You know, mm. we get we get our we get Crowder back. We're supposed to get uh, Keelan Cole back. We don't know the repertoire necessarily with Zach Wilson between Zach Wilson and those two guys, but we do know what Corey Davis did last week in the two touchdowns, close to 100 yards. So I can only imagine that Bill Belichick is looking at that, saying, "All right, so let's stop Corey Davis first. What, let's make that the number one priority." Because we saw that the Panthers' defense was able to stop the run game. We know that they don't have. We know that Jets don't have a great offensive line. So it's putting pressure on the quarterback and putting your best corner on Corey Davis. That's what that's what I'm thinking right now from the from for for the Patriots defensive side. Because for the Jets, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, no. And for and for the Jets, I think conversely, you know, you got a rookie, you got a rookie quarterback. We know that Belichick has the. Well, was Damian Harris? Let me ask you this because I didn't fully capture all the Patriots game. Was Damian Harris like the predominant like for like? back for all three downs or like the day you like to do. Cause I know the Patriots love to use the rotation they, of running backs. Yeah. They, they went between James White and Damian Harris. And, and they also, they also, they had um, Ramondre uh, Stevenson, but once he had that fumble, he was basically taken out of the game. He wasn't yeah. even a factor at all in the second half. So that's what, that's what ended up happening in terms of the run game. Okay. Sweet feet's so, the problem, Alex. So what'd you say? Yeah. James White is the issue. Sweet yeah. feet. He's, he's yeah. going to be yeah. our issue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, trying to stop the trying to stop the pass catcher at the backfield. That's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be a problem, especially for our linebackers. Um, yeah. you know, and 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 tight end coverage. We all but we did okay against the tight end, so we know you guys got Hunter Hever, Hunter Henry and you got yeah. uh Juno Juno John. Smith. John mm-hmm. Smith, sorry, John Smith. Um so if we're looking at the Jets, we're gonna try to do our best to stop the tight ends and try to stop the the uh the, the <laughs> James White coming out of the backfield. But I think what the Jets are going to try to do is try to get the pressure on uh, Mac Jones as best as possible to prevent that going through. I think that's what you got to do. You got to you got to flurry the the rookie quarterback. I think that's what they're going to go for. Just because oh, yeah. the front seven, we're missing our guy Carl Lawson, we're missing uh, uh, Gerard Davis, we're missing we're missing some of our linebacker core as well. So the best that we can do is really utilize the front seven who showed out against Carolina, as John mentioned earlier. They did a good job at. You know, they held Christian McCaffrey to under 100 rushing yards. Granted, he had close to 100 yards on game, both sides. Yeah. 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 Granted, he had close to 100 yards for both receiving and rushing. The fact that he, that he didn't get over 100 for either one, I consider that a big win, especially since we didn't have our starting, our full starting unit in the front seven. So that's what I see for the, that's what I see from the Jets and how they're going to try to go with the Patriots, try to stop the run, make Mac Jones throw, and then try to put as much pressure on him as we go. But shoot, what were you going to say uh, earlier? I was going to say that um, that one of the things that I think if you're the New York Jets fan um, that's going to be that, that's going to be watching and listening to this podcast is keep an eye out for matchups secondary. That is where the game will either be won or lost. Not the O line or D line. Receivers against the Patriots secondary. Remember, Gilmore's out. Contract dispute. So your number one corner right now. Is my a, ears. I love that song. So so number number <laughs> number one corner right now for the for the Patriots right now is JC Jackson, who let who by the way let the NFL in interceptions last season. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about matchups, and one of the things that I do wonder is, and, and and right now, if you if you're the Jets, who's your number one who's your number one option at the receive at the receiver position right now? Who's your number one guy? Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Corey Davis against JC Jackson. There's your, there's your game right there. 
I'm serious. I would say crowd. I, I would say Crowder. Honestly, coming back is more important. If Crowder's healthy off that COVID, uh, he's, he's not going for, to be. I'm not even being a dick about that. Honestly, like, I'm, yeah. I'm, like he's know, not going to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been out a couple. He, last week was, I think, precautionary. Like he, yeah. he was, he was mm-hmm. technically uh, COVID free last week, but they kept him on. So I'm hoping he's back. Him. Uh, so, so because your your question was. What are the Patriots going to do to Zach Wilson and the Jets, right? Watching film. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you exactly what they're going to do. They're going to disguise up front and they're going to stunt on the right of our center and they're going to take down Van Roten. That, that, that's the game, right? And they're going to, mm. they're going to try to keep AVT to the left. If they can keep AVT and fought to the left where no one can go, you know, no one can hitch to the right, the, the Patriots are going to be fantastic because they're going to disguise. And that's where they're going to get the rookie. I mean, that, that, that's the game plan. So if you're the Jets, you have to get rid of the ball. Like, that's the name of the game. And yes. are we going to keep Wesco, the fullback, up front? Are we going to keep, you know, Croft blocking? Are we going to, you know, double tight end? Say we double tight end or we know we fullback tight end and Corey Davis is doubled. It's, it's really, it's really the game. You want to know where the game is? It's Berrios, it's Crowder and it's Cole. I know, I know it's tough to hear, but. <laughs> at the end of the day, like that is the game. Like if, if you notice last week, our biggest third down was to Berrios. Last year, our most reliable receiver was Crowder. I mean, all, all Corey Davis has to do is get double teamed and would be fantastic. Like if, if all, yeah. he, all, all he does is get double teamed. That would be the biggest win, you know, for the Jets. And the biggest problem, man, is we couldn't get the, we couldn't get the, we couldn't get the run going against Carolina. They knew exactly what we were doing. And they, every time we would check out, they would check out also. And so we just, we just couldn't establish the run. When you're talking about our, our depleted offensive line, the only reason why it's a little overstated is because I know Beckton, you know, the big ticket, that's our guy and he was hurt. I totally get that. But Alex kind of hinted at it in the beginning. George Fant, not only was he the left tackle for Seattle and he was a great one in, oh, yeah. you know, at that. He wants to play left tackle. He was upset that he got turned to right tackle despite his comments this week, which I think he's just playing a little Bill Belichick Patriots game uh, where he said, oh, it's tough because he's also been playing left tackle during training camp when Becton was out. You know what I mean? He had the foot injury, then he had concussion. So honestly, I am not worried about the left tackle. I'm not worried about AVT. I am very concerned about our center and right guard. And honestly, the right tackle was fine. Like Moses was fine. So I don't think it's as crazy as everyone makes it seem. Mm. And I think everyone is giving a little bit too much credit to Mac Jones losing to the Miami and, and saying that it was, you know, you want, you want to, you know, touch that line between good and great. Go ahead. But all I saw was Damien Harris and James White and some Jacoby Myers. And of course, Alex knows I'm terrified of tight ends against the Jets. That's like when I go to sleep at night, that's all <laughs> I'm thinking about. Like Saturday night. Like, like Sunday morning, I'm like, oh my goodness, the tight ends, the tight ends. The tight. We were the worst against the tight ends last year. I wanted both these tight ends, you know, hand up, you know, both these, you know, a, a great tight ends at the Patriots sign, Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. I wanted mm-hmm. both of them. I thought they were great signings by the Patriots, although a little um, unconventional for the mm-hmm. Patriots and Bill Belichick to spend all that money, especially on non-premium positions. But that's what I'm worried about. And then we have, uh, you know, because we have two rookie linebackers out there. And one of them has an ankle in Sherwood. Uh, so it's an issue, man. Well, our, our biggest issue is we're not, we can't really get <laughs> movement up front. And CJ Mosley is not a blitzing linebacker. 
So what do we? He had all. He had about eight blitzes last week, and he he's not. A, he can't get there. Like he is there to tackle the running back. Like that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sorry. Like that's what he's not going to guard the tight end. He, he might be quick. He's just going to guard the running back. Okay. He's going to stop James White. He's going to stop Damian Harris. That's his job. So the other two linebackers, man, and the safeties. Like are we have a depleted safety. Hopefully Ashton Davis comes back. But you want to ask me where the Patriots game is won? It's going to be in the tight ends and. Maybe like a little silly Jacoby Myers screen or James White nonsense, you know, the, the Patriots way. <laughs> All right. That, that, that's the one thing. James, James White nonsense. Yeah. Oh, don't yeah. Know I, sh- I don't know if I should be offended or if I should be upset. Like, uh, I don't, I don't think, I think you should, I think you should think that's a compliment. I mean, that won you the Super Bowl. A bunch of James White nonsense oh, won you that so, Super Bowl. Super Bowl 51. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Hell yeah. yeah I mean, something like straight something, up. Yeah, exactly. It's something that just don't know about, but what do I know? Anyway, oh, so oh, now when so now I told you, keep that same energy. He lost <laughs> what are we talking about? You're and talking you about lost your former quarterback in Sam a- Sam Donald. Are you kidding me? Really? Are we having this conversation right now? Yeah. You yeah. lost to a guy that, that that you thought that was going to be your future. How are we having this conversation? Because we covered. Oh, because you're co- covering what? The spread? Yeah, we're good to go. Okay. Expectations. expectations. That's what that means. We beat expectations, man. It's fine. We, I think we came out. And it, I, I, I promise you, if it was flipped, if we were up 14-3 in the first half, and then all of a sudden we imploded in that second half, and we end up where we are right now. I'm telling, I'm singing a different tune right now. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, what, like it's over. Like we had one good half. It's another, it's a San Darnold, you know, all over again. I promise you, that's really where I would have been, but I really, I, I don't, I think Carolina's okay, especially on their run defense. I don't think that the Patriots are that at all. I think that they have a more, they have a CMAC, which is something that is a nice practice run for New England. And I think our home opener is going to give us some juice, man. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Not only am I going to be there yelling my head off, right, in MetLife, I'm definitely taking Jets plus six. I'm definitely taking Jets plus six. And and before, and, and to add on to that before I let you go, Shu, the, the one yep. thing I'll say about going our team going against our former quarterback is that we got – you pointed out, I don't know, if, I don't remember if it was on air or off air, but we have a bunch of rookies all around from our coaching mm-hmm. staff, from players on the field. We are the youngest team. At both coaching and players to go against the Carolina Panthers, who are a heavily veteran team, even if they have our own quarterback, that whole game plan was just had Panthers win all over it because they just chase these stuff too, man. They, they, yeah. they didn't look, they're not so confident switching their jersey numbers for linebackers 10 minutes before the kickoff. All right. That's, that's some, a, yeah, that's, that's some <laughs> in, you know, nonsense to fool us. And it did fool, I mean, if Tom Brady, your Lord and Savior, is say, is sitting here complaining about how jersey numbers are an issue, think about what that happens to Zach Wilson ten minutes before you know the the kickoff. So, I think he adjusted in the second half, and I think that the public perception is Jets stink. Mackay Becton is down. Offensive line's awful, and they're they're getting plus six to the Patriots in their home opener. It should be it should be nine and a half, right? It should be a touchdown. That's it, dude. The Jets are gonna win this game. It's be one and one, and Bill Belichick's gonna be zero oh and two. He's gonna lose to Tua and Zach Wilson, and then I I cannot wait for the newspapers that day. Signs the tight ends, spends all this money, has problems with his cornerbacks, right? Oh no, and then loses zero oh and two to a rookie quarterback on the road. Man, that's gonna be beautiful. 
Uh, I mean, I, we gotta bring you back on after that for the react I mean, for the reaction pod. I mean, I mean, like if you thought I, if you thought I'm fired up now, you think you want to see me up the Patriots loss, like especially, <laughs> especially, especially against the against the New York freaking Jets, like absolutely not. But but trash talk aside, um, I do think that this is going to be a real fascinating week because here and Alex, you you live here in Boston, you know how the Boston media gets. When the Patriots oh, get all, I mean, listen, we've had 20 years of bliss and happiness. Last year was the first time that for, for, for a generation that Patriot fans have seen any sort of adversity and we did not react very well to that. But getting off to an 0 2 start with Mac Jones, you tell me that the panic button is not going to be begun to be reached for across New England. I'm telling you. That I, that's why I really do think there is going to be an extra level of urgency for the New England Patriots this week in practice. And I do think that they are going to win this game, but it's going to be by a field goal, though. Ooh, field goal. Well, let me ask you this. Oh, the Jets cover. Because we, John just whimsically gave you the game plan on how to beat the Jets. I want to know what the Jets have to do now to, to take down the Patriots. So, shoot, you, you watch this team day in and day out. You know, I have to hear it on the radio. I have to hear it when I'm driving. I have to hear about the Patriots left and right. All right. I went to, I went to law school downtown. I went, I went to school on Stewart Street. All right. I know exactly where that is. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right by the MBTA. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right by Boylston. Right by the Commons. Yep. Right yeah. there. Right mm-hmm. there. So when I was down there, I, I got to see every parade that Boston had and not by choice. So please. I want to hear. I want to hear what the Jets have to do. How, how, what do you see the Jets having to do in order to take down the Patriots? Don't turn over the football, and then number two, um, really do a great job in terms of like pass rushing. I do think that is going to be a real necessity um, come the game. And one of the things that I I'm most interested in is I really do think. Special teams, if it didn't matter in week one, is going to matter in this game. Mm. Because the first maybe five minutes of this game, I think it's going to be a feel-out process. See where both teams are in terms of offense, defense. And and I do believe that special teams is going to matter, especially the, the kick return game. Because Gunnar Oshowski, Oshowski, he had a he had a solid game on Sunday, but I'm not sure. As how well is the is the Jets special teams going to be able to maintain or or at least contain uh, the 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 Patriots return game? And I do think that because it's going to be a close game, and I do think that there's going to be two factors as to why. First factor is the play of both rookie quarterbacks. They they have a game under their, under the belt, and and it's going to be the second game of their NFL career. And number, and then the second one is, I think, I think defense, they're going to have a, a bit more of, of a factor in this game than both teams defenses did in week one. I think the Jets defense has an opportunity to make some noise, but I do also believe that the Patriots, um, the Patriots secondary is going to be there for the taken to, to, to create some timely turnovers and hopefully convert them into points. Yeah. Right. I, okay. I, I totally agree. And we've been preaching, especially on this podcast, man, we've been preaching special teams because, 
You know, we, as you said, we have rookies everywhere. The only veteran coach we have is our special teams coach, Brent Boyer. Yeah. And our, one of what we, like, for us, punter especially we kind of drafted we spent the high you know asset in a draft pick on a punter last year and he mm. was our best player he was literally our mvp last year no joke and he got hurt on our on our first punt last week and he's out for he's on ir now and matt amandola a guy we, who he had to win the kicking uh competition who we've never heard of now punted in his first ever game didn't have the hang time but man he got the job done and Dude, like stuff like that is, is what is, I mean, as you know, honestly, like watching, you know, being a, a diehard Patriots, being Boston media, you know, having to watch it, mm-hmm. you know, like the special teams and how that momentum changes everything. So we actually got, um, the famous Saints punter, uh, Moorhead coming in yeah. uh, as our punter this week. So th- that'll be fun. We do have, you know, some reinforcements coming in, some backup offensive line depth. But I think what's most important coming back is Keelan Cole, who's been our who is who is our punt returner and our kick returner. Because I completely 100% agree with you. This is going to be a sloppy game. Two defensive coaches going up against each other. They don't want to turn over the ball. They're both going to turn over the ball. Exactly. Right? And <laughs> it, 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 it's going to be it's going to be a sloppy division game. I. Mm. To be honest with you, I think it's going to be 20 to 16. I'm hoping that it's the Jets on top, but if it's 20 16 Patriots, I'm not going to be shocked. But like, that's my score 2016. I don't know why I'm saying Jets. I'm saying Jets, of course, because I'm going to be there yelling. So like, Uh, I I would never (laughs) take the Patriots uh, in a million years. So I don't, I don't know why, but my heart is already in my throat and it's not even game day yet. So I'm already anxious about this because I know it is going to be a slow. You just say sloppy game. I'm just like, ah, God, I know it's going to be. Oh, of course. Mm. That's the only way we can win, man. The only way the Jets are going to win games this year is if we keep it, you know, low, sloppy to the floor and have Zach Wilson just perform, you know, when he can. That's the, honestly, we got we got to run the ball, we got to kill clock, we got to stop the run, we got no big plays and just keep keep uh, getting those third and shorts. That's a, that's the only way the Jets are going to sure. win games, man. I, I don't know if you're talking about a football game or a slimy club for that for a second. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he may, he may be talking about one of those slimy clubs in Hoboken, for all I know. But what, what do I know? Oh, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, let, I mean let, listen, listen, listen. We're 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 all we're all, from, we're all from New York or tri-state region or whatnot. Like, and if you if if any of you have out there's ever gone out to Hoboken on a Saturday night, let's just say things rather get rather interesting on the ladies' side. So, um, so we do tend to see some slimy things, and I mean, I mean, pun ten, pun intended or not, take it however you want to take it. So there's a reason why I mentioned uh, the clubs of Hoboken being being slubby, being slimy, you know, so to speak. Speaking of speaking of slimy, who's the Patriots kicker? Oh gosh, don't even get me, don't even get is, me. Is it, is it? <laughs> my, my 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 kicker, my my kicker right now. Oh man, how do I feel about this guy? I don't know. Yeah, how do you feel about him? Let us know. He's our friend. <sighs> yeah, yeah, he yeah he yeah he's your friend so, until he, until you start snailing. Until you start freaking nailing like kicks and in, 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 in whatnot, good God! Why, why did you have to do this to me? Why, 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 why did you? Depend, to- depending on what coach you talk to, he may be a folk hero. <laughs> he might be. Yeah, he's a folk hero. I'm, I'm, listen, listen. At least he's not the Cowboys um, kicker who who left seven points Ooh. on the on, on on the board in that week one loss to the onto the Tampa Buccaneers. So you got to give him that. I have, I've, I, I, I have strong advice for you. And I know you guys got Danny Woodhead out of, out of nowhere, but I have strong advice for any team. And I was really, we, we have some friends, you know, from the Fila Atlanta podcast and we were trying to give them advice. 
<laughs> players are getting cut from the Jets, stay away. Don't pick up our left guard from last year. Don't pick up the kicker who can't make our team. Just don't do it. Okay? Don't pick up, like, Carolina. Don't pick up a linebacker who we don't want to sign in Louisville. Just don't do it, guys. Like, I'm, it's not going to work out. I'm just, I'm just, it's just, it's just, it's just some word of advice, man. So I'm looking forward to Nikki Folk back in MetLife. I honestly am. Like, that's, that's, that for me is a beauty. Like, he is going to miss wide left. I've seen it a thousand times. I'm praying. <laughs> he's I'm gonna praying, miss listen, extra I'm point. Praying, gonna, I'm praying to God that Quinn Norton like she finds his way to like to to freaking like not lose his way, like lose his way, like like he get lost somewhere in the MTA system. Like, come on, like please don't do that. Like, I we, promise you, find the bet for Nick Folk missing <laughs> extra point. Find that bet and hit it, dude. Nick Folk coming back to the net life, dude. Hit that oh, bet. Oh God. Oh, you're you're close to Rhode Island, man. Just go down there and go. Do it right <laughs> I know. I, I don't. I don't even want to look for him, even if it was the last, the last lady alive. I'm good. That's a, I'm, I'm real good with that. What's your score? What's your score on Sunday? What's your score I, on Sunday? I do think it's going to be. It's, it's definitely going to be 24 to 21. It's going to come down to um the to, to a field goal, and, and and for the reasons that I already mentioned, I do, I definitely do think that special teams is going to be a factor in the kicking game, man. <laughs> Quinn Nordine, please, please, right. pretty please, right. make your kicks. <laughs> what do you got, Alex? Man, I'm agree with you, John. I, I mean, I could punch it down a little bit. I could see this just being an ugly game. I mean, I'm going to go with, like, I think the field goal range is probably right. Was I guess I go 17-14. Was it 17-14? That's where I'm going to go. That's a that's clean probably, score. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's nice probably score. where it's going to be. Yeah. Pats? I just, I, no, Jets, baby. What the hell? I, I, oh. call, I called it last week, man. What are, what are we doing over here? Oh, yeah, he, he, on. yeah, he, yeah oh. he, caught, he caught that L like like Chad Pennington um, back in 04. Oh, <clears> please. <throat> oh, please. <laughs> talking about regular, talking about, talking about Jets, Patriots games, man. Honestly, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I really hate the Patriots, right? Just because we're, I feel like we're done uh, with the actual game. Oh, yeah. It, it, and it's not even about, Number twelve winning. It's not. It's really not about him winning the division because, like, that's super annoying, right? That like this team. <laughs> <laughs> super but, annoying. But oh, that's, that, that, that's not why I hate him, right? That's not. That's not why I despise him. Yeah. It's that even when he's winning, he's coming out and talking smack about the New York Jets, right? And anytime the Patriots do anything, Bill Belichick goes back and he talks about the New York Jets, or somehow relates it back to New York. Like that's why. In my heart of hearts, I'm so thankful for the Giants, right? They stopped. They stopped like the avalanche of like the, the undefeated Patriots, right? Winning all these Super Bowls. But there's this, there's this stink for Belichick and New York. Like he hates New York. Like he, like there's a disdain for him and New, and New York. And so really that's, that's what it's all about, right? So it's not just the Jets and the Giants. It's like the whole city. And I, I feel like Brady has that too. So it's not even about the winning. It's just more about those two dudes. I don't think it's New team. York. That, that, that's the only part where I disagree. I believe because Jet fans have to remember that he, he really made his mark with the New York Giants in the 1980s. It's not New York. Anytime he talks about the Giants, like, if, and I, and I watched some of, like, some of his interactions, like, his face literally lights. He goes into a whole different trash because he was the linebackers coach, defensive coordinator for those great New York Giants teams in the late 80s and, and, and 1990 as well. 
Like he yeah, was he the guy. OT. So so he so he has a very special place for the New York Giants. It's the New York Jets, on the other mm-hmm. hand, in 1999, where he said, you know what? You can kiss the undersize of his ass as he said, screw you. I'm taking my talents to New England because you wouldn't let me have full complete control over the roster. So therefore, shit, I'm shipping off to Boston. Whoa. I, I mean, but I mean listen, 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 listen. <laughs> the only thing I'll say about that is they weren't completely wrong. I mean, yes, Bill Belichick, fantastic coach. Also, Bill Belichick, worst drafter in history. Like, uh, so it, it's fine. And also, he has been getting some cuts that were maybe not this whole, let me cut him one year before he is bad again. And it seems sometimes he's cutting them three, four, five years before the cuts, right? Where's Chandler Jones? Where's Gronk? Where's Brady? You know what I'm saying? All this Gilmore stuff. Not he's he not buying in? And then we have Cam Newton, who... You want to talk to me about last year? The most laughable thing to me about last year is when Cam Newton walks through that door and all of New England, oh, going back to the Super Bowl, baby. This is it. Cam Newton, Bill Belichick. And then once you guys start losing, oh, it's just a down year, no problem. And so I'm so happy you have Mac Jones. I've been, ask Alex, I've been calling oh, Mac Jones man. to New England for literally two years. I've been for saying two to years. Be Mac Jones or somehow Matt Ryan. Like those for some, like bring back the BC boy. And like those two cats, I really thought one of them was going to end up on New England post Brady. It just happened to be Mac Jones. I'm ready for him. I'm ready to hate him so bad. Like I am ready to hate him. Trust me. But I'm, I'm hoping he gives me a reason to, but he will I'm, on Sunday. I, I think the only people I'm going to hate, man, are your tight ends, dude. I think I'm just going to sit there and, and <laughs> stare at Hunter Henry and John Smith and just be like, come on, dude. This is so bad. So that, that's really how I see this game going. I still hate New England. I still hate Tom Brady. And I, I, I just, you know, what makes me even more sick, man, is like, not only do you have this love for them and this love for the Patriots, the Celtics and all this stuff. And then you just try to come and share the New York Yankees with us. And I don't, I don't know, man. Something, something sickens me about that. Something sickens me about you adding the Yankees to your, to your mix of Celtics and Bruins and Patriots. There's something gross about that, man. You want to, you want to tell us, you want to tell us why you would infect the Yankees with, uh, because the, Yan- <laughs> because the Yankees were my first professional sports teams love. That's why. And I mean, the Yankees, I mean, I'm not one of those obnoxious Yankee fans that are like, like the, the typical spoiled millennial type. No, but rather. Like I'm very logical. I'm very practical, but I'm also like now that I've like been, I've been a broadcaster now for, for a few years now that I have a, an unbiased appreciation for the team, but I'm also really harsh. The most harsh to of any sports team anywhere is towards the New York, New York Yankees. Cause I expect them to win. Although for some reason this year, they are fighting tooth and nail to actually <laughs> yeah. make the playoffs. And currently, as it currently stands, are a half game behind the Toronto Blue Jays who won't lose a freaking game. They just, they just, they just won two out of three against the Tampa Bay Rays. Best team in the American League. How do you like those apples? But as far as the New York Yankees go, they have been my baseball team since birth and they will be my baseball team when I am laid into my grave. So with that being said, <laughs> um, Bruins, I grew up a, I grew up a hockey fan, but I, I watched a ton of Rangers, Devils, like growing up. 
But the, so there's something about the brewing that the beer, like that really just, you know, kind of like sucked me in, like, you know, watching Joe Thornton back in the day when he was a brewing and Patrice Bergeron when he was first drafted in 03. Okay. Um, and, you know, like, and, and freaking like Nylander and, and Mar- Marco Sturm, like watching those guys, it just sucked me in. And I just, and ever since I've just been, just been a fan. Like I just can't help that. But, I was never a Knicks fan and the Knicks or, or truly the neck, the step, the unwanted stepsister scum of New York City sports. Um, and, and, and yes, Alex, I am absolutely trashing the New York Knicks despite the fact oh. that they, despite the fact that they've actually had a really, a really a wonderful season last season and they seem to be on a, on a cup and up and up. I give them that. You know, you have we'll a head see you coach. for the home opener. I will see you for the home opener, sir. Yeah, I, and, and I look forward to seeing seeing Knicks boo Trey Young, who 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 still managed to get that Knicks fan base riled up the same way I used to watch Reggie Miller do it in the mid late nineties as a kid. I and agree. don't worry like, about Trey Young. Worry about Kemba dropping a forty. Oh on, hell no! On, 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 on one knee, on one knee. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. He, who do you yep. think he is, Willie Re- Willis Reed? Hell no! Don't don't delude yourself, please. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for the. Kemba, you don't know that Bronx energy, baby. Give that Bronx. <laughs> yeah, that, that right Bronx. Back. That Bronx energy is special. All right. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot a lot of crazy hobos up, up in the Bronx. I see. Yeah. And, and and listen, I'm a Brooklyn guy, so like I I will I will talk trash about the Bronx all day every day. There's a reason oh. why I haven't dated anybody from the Bronx yet. So BX but, baby. So like BX, baby. Brooklyn, Brooklyn all day, every day, <laughs> Brooklyn all day, every day. You can't I, listen. I, I, I listen. I, 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 I love to up to NYC. Like, I mean, even though I've been living in Boston for a few years now, but, but, but like NYC in itself, like yeah, that, that's my home. Like that's my hometown. Like it, it's, it's where I'm from. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I support a lot of like Boston sports teams and so forth, but New York has really literally made me who I am. And mm. I still have that New York attitude, that New York mentality, that, uh, that grind, like the get up and go get it. <laughs> but you know, like you, like, like all, all three of you, like, like understand that. Like it's literally something that you either have or you don't have. And it's, you know, it, and it's something that I, I, I pride myself on telling people like, yo, I'm from New York. That's me. Like, I don't pretend to be from here. Like, I'm from, mm. I'm from, I'm from New York. I mean, I love Boston, but New York they has think, helped. They take that real serious in Boston too. Like, you, if you have like, to spe- specify the town you're from, like, yeah, I was, no, I was you have to, like, for a couple of years. So I can't even say I'm from Boston. Like, no, 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 I'm from this town next to this city. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, you can't say, like, oh, I'm from Boston. Where are you from? Oh, I'm, I'm from Shrewsbury. No, you're from Shrewsbury. You're not from Boston. There's a difference. It's like, it's like a New Yorker saying, oh, I'm from New York. Oh, where, oh, where I'm from? Oh, I'm from Schenectady. You're an upstate kid. You're not from New York. You're not from NYC. You're from New York State. There's a difference, my guy. Like, don't, 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 don't get it twisted. Like, yo, stop. Like Hooder from the Hooder from the uh, from the Hawks. That was a uh, that was the big uh, news all throughout the playoffs. Oh, Hooder from you know coming back to New York. Like, oh, dude, he's from, oh, Herder, Herder, Herder. Yeah, Herder. Yeah, yeah he's from, I was like, dude, he's from Clint. He's what is it from? Clint Park. Clifton Park. Park. Yeah, like like ridiculous. So yeah, so we feel you there. We feel you there. Do you think the Celtics are gonna finish uh, in the playoffs? (laughs) Honestly, I I see, I see them. I see, I see them being maybe a seventh or an eighth seed at best. I mean, at best. So tenth seed. Yeah, you're with me. No, just being nice. Seventh or eighth. (laughs) Seventh or eighth. (laughs) I like the. I like the realism. Because I guess I have, uh, there's there's some there's some fans who are thinking that Marcus Smart's going to 
transform this team being the starting point guard, which no, I'm he's just not. No, he's not. I'm so, not, and the Celtics fans in the city makes me freaking sick when they talk about Marcus Smart. He's irre- he's irreplaceable. Shut the hell up. Yes, he hold is. Hold on, hold on, but, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Marcus Smart is very important to the Celtics culture. Like you Celtics need Marcus Cole. Smart. You need Ugh. Marcus Smart on this team. In my in my opinion, because you do. We, when, when but I don't need him chucking three pointers like he's <laughs> throwing it from the other side of the Hudson. <laughs> I don't need that crap. I don't need him scoring forty points and then he's what three for twenty five from the three point range. Sounds, in the next sounds game? about right. Like th- about right. that's yeah. that's the kind, that's we the call that Westbrook of, syndrome. That, seriously, that's that's the kind of nonsense <laughs> that truly pisses me off. Yeah. With, with, especially with, with, with green teamers. Oh my gosh, he, his value can't be overstated. He look at him. See, he does for loose balls. Look at him. He defends well against against Kawhi Leonard. Which, yeah, he gives you twenty five one night, and then he he goes on a one for eighteen on cold streak the very next game. Which one you gonna get? You gonna get a Jackal High type of guy, or you want someone who's gonna be consistent? I'm sick and tired of it, which is why when they gave him that contract just a couple, a month or so ago, I was like, I hate this contract with a passion. Why? <laughs> it was a tough contract. Why? You want to keep him, but it was a tough contract. I hate, yeah. I hated that contract. It's, <sighs> all right. I got, I got two questions I want to follow. One, because sure. we're on, we're on, we're going Boston sports now where we're, we're done with the Jets Patriots. I wonder how you felt about the biggest nepotism I've ever seen in sports with uh, Brad Stevens getting the major promotion from head coach to president of basketball operations, where some people say this is the greatest move of all time, and others are just like, I see it as nepotism, like major nepotism. Like you, you're afraid to lose this guy, so you just give him the ultimate promotion because you he needs his to, basketball brain. You want me to give you my honest opinion? Sure. Both of you? Yep. That's why we're here. This is white privilege at its finest. Okay. Seriously. All right. Because I'm gonna, I want to tell you, I'm gonna tell you exactly what I think. This is why privilege is finest. Because number one, this guy has no sort of experience in the front office at all. He's been a, mm-hmm. he's been a head coach in college. He's been a head coach in the NBA. You gave him that job because he still had term, and you didn't have the balls to fire him. And knowing that his message had grown stale in that locker room over the course of the last. Two years and this past season, it really came to head when you weren't reaching guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Those are your two guys that, that the Celtics are praying that they are, they are going to be the cornerstone of the franchise. And both players have become superstars, but they've become more individual like players and not team players. That's my problem. And when you have a guy like Brad Stevens in the front office, my first question becomes this. When it comes time to make tough decisions, do you have the, the guts to make those tough decisions? The answer is no so far. You gave Marcus Smart <laughs> a contract that is widely, widely ridiculed in this city by logical Celtic fans. I must, it's logical because you have those that say, wee, there's nothing wrong with it. Oh my God, everything is all good in Celtics land. No, it's not. No, it's not. When the, the next time that you get mad that Marcus One is not producing consistently offensively, keep that same damn energy. Keep that same energy for the same guy who'll give you effort on the defensive side of the basketball. However, this is the same guy that you can't rely on as being your best secondary scorer. He's not that guy. You have delusional Celtic fans who say, "Oh, yes, you don't know he's not." Don't Stop worry, it. don't worry, dude. You got Ennis Canner. 
What's the problem? <sighs> <laughs> I don't hate Ennis Cantor. I actually like him. I've had the privilege of as meeting a human? him once. Yeah, as, as a, a human, human being. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah. I've, I've met him once um, at Friday Prayer once. And he's, he's a really, 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 really awesome guy. Why did we bring him back? <laughs> because, man, look, man, he, he has two condos, one in Portland and one in Boston, and he wants to use them every other no, year. I mean, okay? that, 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 was, that was tackle fall, but he's no longer in the Celtics organization. But, what, I mean, but hey. Yeah. I mean, can't, I mean that's, the whole, that's the whole juxtaposition with the, with, with the Celtics roster. You have a lot of one-sided guys, mm-hmm. like Ennis, who's only offense, no defense. You got Smart, who's all defense, no offense. Do you really have... I don't know. Like, I don't know who's going to score. Like, who's going to score for your team besides, of course, you know, your two main dudes, you know, Tatum and Brown. I mean, of course, that's your, that's your whole thing. I'm just going to leave you with one last Celtics question. Is Jalen Brown here for, for life? No. Because I do think that if a decision had to be made between you, you could only keep one between Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. They're going to pick Tatum. Brown gets traded. And I, and I, and I felt that way over the last uh, year and a half. This is not a shot against his talent, but rather I, after last season, have a very difficult time believing that they can win a championship together. We're not talking about this as if this is a Philadelphia 76 situation between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. That's not what we're talking about here. Oh, they're cool. We're, yeah, we're talking about Brown and Tatum in which that you, they are among the, the best duos in the Eastern Conference. Top three, top four, max. However, as far as the culture goes, uh, the culture of winning, I have a very difficult time believing that they are going to be able to be to win a winner here. When you look up and down the Celtics roster, and you're like, hmm, I'm not really sure. I really like what I see here. Yeah, we drafted um, Peyton Pritchard. Um, and, and we also have young guys like, like, like Robert Williams. And then, and, and, and then as well as like, as well, as well as you look, you look up and down his roster, you're just like Peyton Pritchard. Like, too. like, like, Peyton, yeah, he, Peyton he, Pritchard. Do you like Pritchard? The, the jury for me is still out on the guy, but he, yeah, I heard, yeah, he scored 92 points in a, in a few yeah, summer league yeah, we game. Know, but it's, we know. But it's <laughs> like, woo, yay, summer, yeah. summer league game. Impress me. Woo, not. So. I don't, I don't hate him, but he's got still got a lot of developing to do. But I do think it's going to be super interesting to see how it all, um, how it all like comes together in terms of uh, like the, the roster and as well as the the young the young guys versus like the vets on this team. Okay, all right, I like I like that response. Not necessarily just because I'm a Knicks fan. I like I like the actual honesty and what you think of like the team. Not the everything is perfect in Celtics world, which as you know I live up here and. I have neighbors who are Celtics fans, and next thing I know, I just hear Marcus Smart is going to be, you know, the second coming of freaking Bob Cousy over here. So <laughs> hilarious. Just um, insulting this way because he's not even in the same league as Bob Cousy. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone gets into the Hall of Fame. You know, that, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's sad. That's that, that, that really is true. That, 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 that's, that's another story. But you, I actually have a, I have a, uh, a career question for you because sure. you are a New Yorker. You're a New Yorker through and through. I hear it. In, in your voice, I, I hear it in your persona, I hear it in the mentality, and I love it. How is it? How, how do you acclimate to being a Boston sports radio personality, being from New York? I know Bostonians have a certain feeling towards New Yorkers, and especially when it comes to a New Yorker talking about Boston sports, there's just some sort of 
level of um, or lack of trust really to begin with. So how did you win people over being an outsider coming in? And what's that transition been for you? Being myself. Like I already have that attitude. I'm like, I don't, I don't give a rat's ass about what you think of me. You don't got to like me. I'm, for all I know, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. Mm. As far as winning trust over, if people can't trust you at, with you being your authentic self, then you already lost 90% in the battle because radio is about being entertaining, but yes, but being your authentic self. Like you have seen throughout this podcast so far, the different spectrums. There's a serious side of me. There's a side of me that control. There's a side of me. I, I've given you, showed you different like spectrums and so forth, different, you know, temperatures. You know, I can adjust it high. I can adjust it low. I can adjust it over the middle. In Boston, it's like they have a privy. They're very privy to outsiders and. And I, and I fully understand that. And the thing that I, I really do think about, especially being a, a Boston sports radio person and, and broadcaster is how will people receive me? I've had people tell me, you shouldn't, you shouldn't announce that you're a Yankee fan. I, I've still done it. <laughs> yeah. I've still done it because, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Yankee fan. You don't, you don't gotta like me. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can decide to turn, to, to turn me off, but here's the reality. You're still gonna, you're still gonna follow me on Twitter. You're still gonna watch my videos. You're still gonna comment. You're still gonna try to interact with me on, on social media. So either way, I got your attention. And here's what's funny. I actually had a conversation with the, with the program director, um, the other day in San Francisco. Um, and he was like, you know, one thing I've noticed about you, and I've been following you for, for, for well over a year. This is a program director for, for 95-7 The Game, and one of the pre- preeminent sports radio stations in the country. He was like, you know, you do a really great job of getting people to react to you. You don't... I can see that. Like, like you, <laughs> you don't... Like, the, the, part, the point about sports radio is about getting people to react. You, you are who you are. You are authentic. You say what you think. And it's true. I say what I think. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sitting here creating a concoction of, well, let me, let me give you a little dash of, you know, cayenne pepper or a dash of, of, uh, of butter, of butter and salt. Like, no, no, no. What you go, what you get is what you're going to get. It's served. You like it. Great. If not starve, because you're going to come back to it at some point. So my mentality is, is that. I'm not here to be anyone else. There's, there's already enough, um, Mike Felger wannabes out there. And for Alex, you, you live in Boston. So you understand who I'm talking about. Felger and Mass. Like, there's already enough Felgers out there. There's, there's already enough, um, like people who try to be any, anyone and everyone else other than themselves. And I'm a firm believer that authenticity is, is my calling card and who I am is going to define me as a broadcaster and as a as a radio host. So for me, going coming into and moving here to a market like Boston where I understand that they're not the most trusting of New Yorkers talking Boston sports, but but let's be honest about something here. I'm not the first outsider that's moved to Boston and talk Boston sports. Mike Felger, he's from Wisconsin. He moved to Boston, went to BU in the early 90s. He's talking Boston sports, but yeah, he's a Packers fan. He's a Brewers fan. He's, he's a Bucks fan. He's a Milwaukee kid through and through. 
So the point that I'm making is that I don't think the concern for me is based on the fact that, oh, you're from New York, but can you talk about the local teams without your bias getting in the way? And I, and I know for a fact that I do that all very well. Yeah. That's very important. Not, not just, you know, I'm sure it's tougher where you are, but just in general, like mm-hmm. you got to in life, like you got to be able to articulate and get your point across. And even if it's completely on the opposite side of the spectrum, you know, think about where we've been the last, you know, five, six years as a society, right? And not to get mm-hmm. too deep on everyone, but it's yeah. the same idea. And I, I mean, I, I lived, I lived out there too. And I feel like it was enemy territory out there. And, you know, I, I had my New York plates. Right. And I, as soon as I speak, they know I'm, I'm not from there. They oh, know, yeah. I, don't, I don't look like I'm from, you know, so I, there is a, a, a certain, um, hostility just yeah. because as, as soon as they know you're from New York. And so I think, I, I honestly, I think, I think it's great, especially when you're able to have that sort of tension and, but just like keep it like under the rug and be able to conversate. For example, when I was living out there, um, again, I was living in Framingham, working in a firm out there, and I, I was going to Yankees Red Sox series, like the whole series by myself. Like I would just get seats, go there with my Yankee jersey, and I'd have a great time. Like, and and even the bad interactions were fun, right? Like I had one time some like no joke, she had to be like 85, an 85-year-old lady. I had mm-hmm. to be. She started, she she would she couldn't even look at me. Like I was like all the way on like the like I think like uh row four or so on the third uh third base baseline. Mm-hmm. She in like those box seats, right? She couldn't even look to the left to the point where she literally like she started mumbling and I was like and I started joking, like and now like we're all <laughs> laughing at her, like at this poor old lady, because like she's like freaking out that I'm sitting in my, you know, away Yankees jersey. I wasn't even wearing pinstripes, like take it easy, lady. And it was so <laughs> funny, like she literally had to move and stuff, but like yeah. even that sort of environment. I really, I, I, I love that. Cause I'm also myself, like at the games, like I'm going to cheer, like I'm going to like heckle, like playfully heckle, heckle with like the eight year old, you know, who's like, uh, I, like we were, we were, uh, we were down, we were up in the standings, but we were, uh, losing the game. He's like, Oh, you know, look, Yankees think. And I was like, look at the green monster, like teaching him how to read the standings. You know, there's always like this little fun tension. So I, I think it's actually really cool that you're able to, uh, manage not only day to day, but, I can't imagine callers, man. I can't imagine callers uh, after, you know, especially during baseball season, <laughs> you know, where they're yelling at you about the Yankees and Sox. Uh, I'm, I'm also a little jealous and, you know, that you're able to have those interactions as a Yankee fan. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, if anyone ever gets at you, it's really valuable to have that knowledge of inner division. And, you know, that's why we have you on for this Jets Patriots, you know, game, because it's so it's it's fun to, you know, we play each other twice a year. Red Sox Yankees play each other 17 times a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It, yeah. So, you know, it, it's always good to have that intimate experience, man. It's amazing. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that I love watching sports. I love talking about sports, especially baseball is my number one sport, period. Like I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast how the Yankees, they are my first love. Like, and I've been married to them since I was born and I'm going to die <laughs> being married to the Yankees. So... For What's me, this year look like? What's this year look like? Oh, for the Yankees? Yeah. You're talking oh, Yankee fans here, so I we're, mean, we all want to know. <laughs> honestly, frankly, I see this team missing the playoffs. Oh, and, no. And, and, like, no, I, I really do. Like, this team, I just feel like this team right now 
is is at a place where consistency has been their has been their enemy this season. Even after the, their 13 game winning streak, this team reverted back to its old ways and and I was like this team if this team is out. going to if this team is going to find any sort of like footing in 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 its path to getting to October I, 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 they, they're really going to have to like scratch and claw their way to the postseason. And once they get there, if they get there, I don't, I don't know if they're going to have much success. Cause let's face it, the Toronto Blue Jays, they are scary. And it's not just the offense. The bullpen has been outstanding, outstanding. Excuse me. Um, Andrew Romano has been an absolute force out of the, out of the bullpen for the Blue Jays. And then don't forget, you still got the Tampa Bay Rays in your own division. They're better than you. You got the Chicago White Sox right now and a White Sox team that, that is, that is being overlooked big time in the, in the AL Central. And then as much as we hate to talk about this team I'm about to mention, the Houston Astros, this is a team that's playing with, that's playing with fire at this point in regards to no one thinks we're a good team. They think because we, we cheated that we're supposed to fall off the face of the earth. And Dusty Baker is one hell of a manager. So you have. You have all of these teams, all of, and you, if the Yankees were to go up against the Astros, and the Astros have had their number now in two of the last four postseasons, don't like their chances. If they were to go up against the Tampa Bay Rays, don't like their chances. If they were to go up against the Toronto Blue Jays, and I think that's the team in the American League that no team should want to face right about now, man, I kind of like their chances, but if I'm being completely honest, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is absolutely, I mean, I, I watch, I watch, I watch his father throughout more, <laughs> yeah. more than half my life. I'm not afraid to say that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. may just be better than his father. And that's saying a lot, but I think Vlad himself would say that. Yeah. Vlad I think it's, senior. yeah. Like it, it's, it's scary what we're watching Vladimir Guerrero Jr. transform into right now and right and by the way as of this recording he's right there for the American League Triple Crown which and hasn't been won since 2012 when Miguel Cabrera Mickey. won it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mickey. And he he might he might somehow beat Otani who's pitching and hitting home runs and Oh my gosh, yeah. Allow me to be the optimist, dude. Allow me to be the optimist for a second because sure. baseball you're saying it's your favorite sport. I I love baseball, especially when it comes to Yankee season. I work in the Bronx. I live at Yankee Stadium once it once it the you know the playoffs start. And I'm mm. re- I'm 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 a little nervous about having the wild card game here, but let me, let me just put some perspective in it, right? Because a couple months ago, Otani, like you said, was the, was the walk away MVP. I mean, odds yeah. were minus a zillion. He's the best thing to ever walk on this earth. And now all of a sudden it's Vlad Guerrero who's about to, you know, make history and, you know, maybe steal it. A couple months ago, the Yankees couldn't even smell, you couldn't even spell playoffs. Like, if you told me the Yankees playoffs, exactly, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And if you're talking even, about playoffs, we're trying to fire Boone. We're trying to fire. Oh yeah, Cashman. give it to everybody. Give it to Boone. Give it to Cashman. It's all I was. Over. I was the leader of that club. Fire Boone. Fire Cashman. Dude, like, that was six weeks ago. Like look at your calendar. That was six weeks ago. And then yeah. midway through that, all of a sudden, Yankees are the best team ever. Odds to win the AFC. No, the AFC. No, the, the AL East. The AL East. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, jump all the way. You know, all the way up to win the World Series. Odds. All this stuff. So. I, I, I don't know at, at what point we have to realize it's all going to, like Seinfeld says, balance out. And 
If you would, if I would have told you six weeks ago the Yankees are going to be right there, half the game out of the wild card, you would have been ecstatic. You would have been ecstatic. Forget sure, the division. Yeah. Tampa win the division. You want to, you want, you want to say the Blue Jays are super, super duper hot and can't lose a game. We're a half game behind them. You think the Yankees oh, yeah. are the worst team? We're imploding, and the Blue Jays are the best team. We're a half game out. <laughs> so you know, you know what I'm trying to say. And like, yeah. that, that, so, so I expect the Yankees. Cole is hot. Cole's hot now. He finally yeah. got it together. Cole's hot. I expect. The Yankees to win the wild card, uh, like to win the wild card, uh, sweepstakes, get the home game, mm-hmm. win the game, and then we're in for a battle, dude. We're in for a battle because we're already down Cole. We're probably going to be going into Tampa and then we'll talk. But for, for, for me, man, Yankees going to make the playoffs. Allow me to be your optimist there, especially as a diehard baseball fan. We'll be keeping in touch there for mm-hmm. sure. And I'm so glad we could actually agree on that. At first, I was like, uh, this is kind of weird. A little petri dish of Yankees and everything else. Actually, I think I think this is good. We 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 we, we could bond on the we could bond on the oh, Yankees. We, you can, can be, be upset with me after Sunday. You can be upset. Yeah, with yeah, me we, after we, Sunday. we 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 can bond over the Yankees, but I but I would absolutely I will trash the Jets every chance I get. I will make fun of the New York Knicks every time every chance I get. And do you follow hockey? I'm a I'm a die easy Rangers fan. I'm a playoff I'm a playoff Rangers fan. I'm a playoff Rangers fan. Hold on, that's, right. that's honest. Okay. That's honest. If I'm okay. going to be honest, honest. If, if you want me to be honest, I'm actually a Bruins fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 definitely, fist I'm, definitely, pound, fist I'm pound. definitely a playoff hockey fan. I'm more of a soccer guy. Come on, man. Ho- ho- hockey was introduced late into my life, so I'm, I'm just a die easy. Fair race. enough. Die easy. I'm with the rugby over here. I am watching a major league rugby because they just started that up not too long ago. So nice. shout out to the Rooney team or another orange and blue team I can root for. Nice. I, I, um, I only watch soccer when it's the World Cup and it looks like the, U, the, the team US is going to qualify and they have like absolutely nasty doing these qualifiers. So like I, I give them a lot of credit considering that oh, four yeah. years ago, they, they were the absolute freaking embarrassment of the, of the international soccer world. And they didn't even qualify for the World Cup, but this time around, they look absolutely explosive. They look dangerous. They're top 10 in the world. So Dude. I'm excited to see like how they're, how they are going to, um, to like bounce back, especially after after the lackluster um, that they had in 2018, for sure. Your mouth to God's ear, man. I, I was in Russia for that World Cup, following Egypt around. Uh, I wow. went to the Euros. I, I'm a big soccer international fan. Uh, nothing hurt more than the fact that I was traveling Russia and I couldn't go to USA games because we stunk too bad. So I, I'm with you, man. <laughs> I really, I really, I really hope we uh, get out there in Qatar and uh, make some noise. For and sure. on that note, I'll end it there because I'm not a soccer fan like that. I will watch when it comes <laughs> oh, to the Olympics man. and when it comes to the World Cup. But other than that, uh, I do not watch soccer on the daily. So on that note, Shu, please let our listeners know where they can find you and all the projects that you have coming up. And thank you again for coming on the show. It is my sincere honor and privilege. Thank you guys for having me on. You can listen to the Shukri Red Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. By the way, major news. You guys are going to hear it first, but I want to announce it on Twitter tomorrow. The Shukri Wright Show, which had been pre-recorded for the last year and a half, is returning live with, nice. with, with phone calls at the end of this month. So you're going to hear, so you're, so follow me on Twitter at Shukri Wrights. At S H U K R I W R I J T S for, for further more information and detail. And as well as the Know Your Rights Show 100.1 FM WBRS will be done in studio beginning next week. So 
I am officially about to make a monster comeback in, in terms of doing live radio. So for those of you that are in Boston or greater Boston, listen or stream online to listen to the shows. And as I mentioned, the announcement, the announcement is going to be made on Twitter. Um, it'll probably be made on Thursday, September 16th. So follow me on Twitter for that. And, uh, that's where you could find me and as well as the Shook Race podcast. Subscribe. You can listen to it on iHeartRadio and the Odyssey app and wherever else you get your podcasts and watch podcast episodes on YouTube on my YouTube channel, which is basically my name. Awesome. I, I'm looking forward to calling in with the New York flavor, man. Look, of course. Some, Bring it on. Talk, talk about some Mac Jones when he's, when he's down in the dumps. You, you're not going anywhere now. You're live, baby. Oh, okay. oh yeah. You're getting calls from, you're getting calls from both oh, of us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and calls from both of us on this. Maybe our video producer, too. He may call in. Who knows? Because he's yeah. a big Jets fan as <laughs> you're, well. You're, you're more than welcome to. Bring it. Well, congratulations, Shu. Great to have you back live and back on the radio. Can't wait to listen. And once again, thank you for coming on. And for our listeners out there, you know what to do. This is the call. But before I get actually, actually, before I get to the call, we do have a Madden giveaway. We have a Madden MVP giveaway, which, come on, guys. We all know you guys want that Madden MVP edition. We all know you got PlayStation, Xbox out there. We got the MVP edition, which means that it's compatible with the PS4, the PS5, or the Xbox One, or the Xbox Series X. So you know what to do. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And while you're out there, hit the bell and hit the hit, 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 like, hit the like button. On top of that, please make sure to follow us on one of our social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Take a screenshot that you subscribed on YouTube and follow us on one of our accounts. Send us the email to nixjetsetc at gmail.com. Tell us which... Uh, platform you use for uh, for playing video games and you'll be entered in to win the Madden MVP edition. Now to the actual call to action. Please make sure to <laughs> like and subscribe to this YouTube channel because you like us okay and please hit that <laughs> notification bell. And you don't care about that, Madden. <laughs> oh, I love exactly. <laughs> exactly. And on top of that, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to give us a five star review and to leave us a comment. Please let us know what you think of the pod. It helps us out. We want to make sure that we build this community the right way. And if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, it's okay. Why? I'll tell you why. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, you name it, we are there. And last but not least, Please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. Like I said, we have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We even got a TikTok. Please follow the TikTok page, okay? Our, our audio producer is going to be uh, doing some Nick's content soon. We're going to try to get him to do some Jet stuff. Our verified, our, our newly verified, our verified audio producer, who was really <laughs> Ooh, excited about that. Nice. Uh, yeah, uh, Shu, we uh, we thank you very much. Uh, and let's go Jets, baby. Let's go Jets. 0-2 Billy go, B. Go, go, go. go Pats. Let's go. I thank you guys for, for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure and a thrill to do this uh, podcast episode. And I, I really appreciate the time. And this has been absolutely a blast. Absolutely. Shoot. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, man. My pleasure.